Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode 107 for Monday. Happy spring, March 20th, 2017. folks and welcome to gig gab the working musicians podcast by for and about working musicians here which i already betrayed in the intro in the northern hemisphere in durham new hampshire i'm dave hamilton here in los gatos california in definitely what is not a flat earth is paul kent there you go no it's not i don't i'm i'm pretty sure it's not flat the um the uh, the beginning of spring, the first day of spring, Paul, always reminds me of uh, of one of my favorite Tom Lehrer songs, which is uh, Poisoning Pigeons in the Park, because it starts, <laughs> spring is here, spring is here, life is Skittles and life is beer. <laughs> Have you heard that? You know that song? I do. I know the album. My, my parents played that all the time. All the time. Up. Did you know that, uh, and we'll put a link uh, to the video in the in our uh, chat room or our, in our, our discussion group on Facebook. If you go to uh, giggabpodcast.com slash Facebook, well, it'll bring you right to the group. I'll put a thing there so we can all have fun uh, taking a look at that. But, um, but uh, did you know that our mutual friend, Daniel Jalkett took a math class from professor Tom Lehrer while he was That's teaching cool. at uh, UC Santa Cruz. That's right. Yep. I did not know that. Uh-huh. And he had some snarky thing that he wrote for Daniel on his thing. Like you don't come to class enough or you don't work enough, but you certainly understand the material. It was some, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I am. I've been cooking lately. You know, I, um, I have three or four things I just want to share real quick. One is I got my EP posted. So I shared with you that, um, I felt compelled to, to do something, to back up my uh, my barking at the moon on Facebook about our current political situation, sure. is my opinion about this. And so uh, what I did was <clears throat> I recorded four songs as an EP, and all the money that I get from it, I'm going to donate to the ACLU. Oh, nice. So I recorded it. I kind of shared the recording process. I talked a little bit about the producer that was helping me yeah. and about the, you know, the playing went great. The, the project was done. And then I've spent the last two weeks, we got it mastered and uh, mixed and mastered. And then I uploaded it through a service to get it onto the download services. And I want to tell you a little bit about that. So remember we had this conversation about CD Baby versus um, Louder versus – Yeah. Yeah. Um, So my issue was these are all cover songs. Right. And so there's a licensing issue. And we talked about licensing on the show and, you know, do it. It's the right thing to do. The person who owns the song deserves that money. So um, the problem with CD Baby was they will they will only license one song. They will not license a CD or EP or long play of of multiple songs. So uh, they referred us uh, me over to Louder, which um, is a service that ostensibly has been set up to facilitate licensing, right? Louder has just entered into a partnership with SoundDrop, and SoundDrop is is part of CD Baby's development team, and SoundDrop manages everything from, and it's actually a very reasonable fee, um, from the licensing uh, to the distribution to the online services. So Spotify for streaming, Amazon, Google, and iTunes, and there's a couple more as well. So one-stop shop. And the licensing was really reasonable. And, and what's the what's the URL for this place? 
It's uh, I can tell you right now because it's in front of me. It's s o s o u n d r dot com dot com. Awesome. Yeah. Sound drop. So the deal was this: nine ninety nine a flat fee for the license. I don't know how they accomplished that because um, on CD Baby it was um, nine nine point one cents per anticipated. Um, copy you were going to sell, so you had to you had to say I'm going to sell 100 copies, right? And then right, but this was 9.99 flat fee, no re- renews, um, and so you know, pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, um, and then they take also take care of the distribution to the online services, which is pretty attractive. So I go down the path of this. I upload my assets to to them. Um, to sound drop. Yeah. Um, they asked me some questions about, do I need to license any of these things? And you go through a page where you have to identify the original artist. Um, you know, you have to identify whether the song has offensive lyrics, you know, so when they post, they have all this metadata that is what they need to know in order to post. Right. Um, you know, copyright information, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I fill all this stuff out and then you press a button and then it goes off and it figures out the licensing and it tells you it's checking the license. And that just kind of stayed in limbo for a couple days. And I'll say this, the service at the end of the day worked. There's not like a contact me or a help, you know, there's not really great um, interface elements to to kind of give you this stuff. There are these kind of vague status messages that appear on the screens as you're going through this stuff. So I waited for about two to three days while it was just in this processing mode of checking the status of the of the licenses. And then that message morphed and changed to something more like processing, and which meant that they were uploading, I guess the licenses were approved, and then they started uploading to the services. And then so I started checking the services because this took another yeah, day that, and a half or two. Yeah, or, or and, more. But right? For, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it, it turned out, Amazon and Google, it showed up, but not on iTunes. And I don't know if something has gone wrong and it's not going to show up on iTunes. I'm checking every couple hours, refreshing, refreshing, restarting, all the stuff. And it's not showing up. And again, SoundDrop doesn't have any great way to get, get in touch with them to ask them what the heck is going on. So I was a little bit uh, in, in, the, in the clouds for a while, just hoping this was all going to work out. Yep. And then yesterday, sure enough, it shows up on, uh, on iTunes. And I checked the links and everything is there. Uh, one weird thing was that uh, Google had the wrong pricing. So I had set up pricing because it's an EP of 396. I set that in the SoundDrop app and then it shows up on, on, uh, on Google for 999 for which no one's going to buy for four songs. Right. But, but um, the name of the EP is civil liberties. Um, PK is who I put as the artist. That's me. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty interesting process. Again, at the end of the day, it worked It was a little nerve wracking because if it if it would have just choked and never posted to the services, yes, would I have gone to another service to try and get it posted, and then possibly there would be double postings? I don't know how the services handle checking those things, right? Right. Um, so I was in the no man's land for a while. It all ended up okay, um, but it was a little nerve wracking, you know, because I didn't have any expectations about the time it would take. They didn't set my expectations. Mm. It will take three days to, to clear the licenses. Expect three to four days. There was nothing. Huh. It was just a vague message that said processing. So when, when we so, did the fling one we last year, we did we did it with CD Baby because it, it was, we didn't have to worry about cover licensing. We have you know it was just all original tunes, and um, but getting it onto the services took like iTunes, I think, and Amazon happened pretty quickly. Spotify took. I think several weeks, maybe, but maybe not, maybe a week. 
but then when it was on Amazon, it was lumped in with this other band called The Fling. And uh, and I think maybe the same thing happened on iTunes, too. So I emailed them and I said, hey, you know, change this. And on iTunes, they were like, yeah, OK, no problem. They took care of it. And then on Amazon, they're like, yeah, we can't change that. Wait, how Amazon. did you communicate them with by phone or by email or by chat? This was with CD Baby. And I did it via uh, their email ticketing like support system, which, which was which was fine. But it was very frustrating because it was like they're like, yeah, we can't. Once Amazon accepts it, um, you know, that it's just how it is. What do you mean? It's wrong. They're like, yeah. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, it's fine. Oh, I get it now. It's just fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they're all they're all like that, I suppose. Um, I mean, you got to think about it. They're not making a lot of money off of any one of us, right? So they have to – and this is just the, the stark reality of it. So they have to come up with a way to automate – pretty much everything that comes from us so that they don't have to put human labor into it so that it can all just happen. And then they can, they can make a little bit of money off of the, all of us and actually yeah. make money and it's a business. So, but without them, it'd be infinitely more difficult to get your stuff onto these digital distribution services. I no, think it, like I said, it worked at the end of the day, yeah, it, it worked, it got right. done just a little bit when you're in that no man's land wondering yep. and it's your first time yep. it's a little nerve-wracking <laughs> but uh, yep. we got it done so cool so yeah um uh, civil liberties is the name of the ep four songs the playing's good and just to kind of close on this my big reflection was you know when you do this and a you listen to your work a thousand times and then you start to make yourself crazy of the things that you would change. There were some vocal phrasings that, you know, about the 900th time I was like, oh, I really should change that and do that. You know, but time, money, attention, <laughs> credibility, all these things. I do respect those people who like are very one minded and can be like, nope, I'm going to keep doing it until it's exactly what I want it to be. And I don't have any questions about it. I don't know if you ever actually get to that. I mean, I, I heard I heard Springsteen through the masters of Born to Run into a pool because he was so sick of listening to it and not hearing what he wanted to. <laughs> I believe you know, that. He, yeah. he was ready to scrap the whole, you know, the, 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 the album that made his career, he was ready to scrap it. And um, so I don't know, but that, that was my big reflection. I listen to it now. I'm, I'm mostly very proud of it. There are a couple of mostly vocal phrasings that I would go back and do a little bit differently if I could now, but I used Chris Beveridge, the guy who produced it and yeah. Tom Duell. And I said, what do you think? You know, and I, and I finally had to step far enough back of it and take some input on it. Yeah. And they were like, Nope, I, you know, if I heard this, I would go see this guy. And that was about the nicest compliment I could imagine. So, so um, I felt, I feel like it's, it's good. And I think, you know, the songs taken together will accomplish you know, what I wanted to do and, and, uh, and tell a little bit of a story. So yeah, fun, fun experience. Very good for, very good for my, uh, my view into the, into the professionalism it takes to be a recording artist. So I'm curious about the mastering, uh, process that you went through. Did you, you had someone else master it? How, like how, how much transparency did you have into, how much do you know about what happened during the mastering process? I, I know none dot none percent of what happens during okay. the master. <laughs> okay, so so it, it it as far as you were concerned, it was a black box. You sent these tracks in. Someone did whatever they were going to do, and they gave them out to you. And they said, "Here, they're mastered." Yeah, my understanding of the mastering process is, is something about taking a look at the project on a on a whole sense of like things like volumes and EQ, and it sounds like a it sounds like a contiguous um, work of art, not like a, just a bunch of, um, of different songs thrown together. That's part of it. Yeah, for sure. And then the other part, especially with the digital stuff is 
Um, and, and I guess this is true. You know, this was true back when we were just cutting LPs too, but um, mastering to get the levels to a point where you don't have any peaks or intersample peaks now with the digital stuff. So, and that can be a real headache to, to get it done the right way. So I was just, I was curious, you know, how that was done, but, but it, it wasn't you. So, so I have to ask somebody else. <laughs> cool. 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 Yeah. So good stuff. Uh, other things. So real quick, house rockers had a good gig on, um, on uh, Saturday night. We had some particular, uh, women behaving badly in front of poor Nick and, and, uh, he had a smile his way, his way through a very, the show in front of the stage, what might've been more interesting than the show on, on the stage, which was uh, kind of a funny thing. One of those nights where the guys in the band were kind of shooting each other looks about, you know, yeah. people, people be funny. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, but you know, kind of fun stuff where, uh, any mistakes that get made on stage right now are kind of have a context like, oh, yeah, we got to iron that out before we start our our like summer tour. tour. Yeah, yeah, our summer tour. Yeah. So kind of like little mental notes where you just kind of look at each other. And go, Oh, yeah, we got it. You know, we, and, and I'm throwing a lot of different songs. You know, the show is changing probably 40 to 50 percent every week now of different stuff that we're doing. Yep, And pulling stuff out. Sometimes sometimes I'm pulling stuff out just to see if the guys still remember it, you know, on the on because my assumption to the guys is. You, I could call any song in our catalog at any time, and you'll be ready. That's that's kind of our sure. our unwritten agreement. Yeah, that and, sounds uh, realistic. Yeah, and this is how we test it. So even stuff we haven't played for months, yeah, uh, you know, might get pulled out. And it's been actually quite fun. Uh, the band's very loose and and having a good time right now. And you know, I think we're we're looking forward to the good stuff that's about to come when we're playing. A lot. We have thirteen gigs in July. You know that type of thing. I think, right. I think we have 10, 10 gigs in June. I mean, you know, we're going to start playing a ton very soon. And uh, we're really tuning up for it. And that's kind of what everybody's mind is to. But the band, I think, is being really entertaining and having a lot of fun. And and, uh, and I think we're in a good place. How about you? Did you play last weekend? Uh, I did. I And I, I want to go to that. But I want to ask you first about this mental notes at gigs things, right? Because because this is something that is I'm curious how you deal with this. Uh, you 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 something happens in the course of a song, a mistake or, or just something you want to tweak, you know, some some variation of, of less than perfect. Right. And uh, how do you like how do you make sure you remember that? Yeah. For a time later, right? Because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't remember. I mean, I, I remember it like the next time we start that song, but then it's like, oh, it's too late. I can't have this. I, there's a conversation we need to have, and it, now's yeah. the wrong time, right? So I love this question because um, there's not a formal process. And right. the reason there's not a formal process is when you get done with a gig, you really don't want to like write stuff down. Yeah, I mean, you right. really kind of, you need to kind of decompress and you need to get, you know, right. there's a whole process to coming down from a gig, but, but here's the thing. Some things get talked about right in the moment. Some things get talked about immediately when we're done. Yep. Uh, I'll give you a good example. Um, sometimes uh, we'll end a song and hold a chord and um, depending on what's going to happen next, if I'm, if I'm calling an audible yep. or if I want the next song to, to come right out of this previous song, I'll, I'll ask Joe, to uh, hold, you know, hold it out on the symbols a little sure. longer, that type of thing. Sure. That communication is about 80% correct. There's, a, there, you know, and I'm assuming that there's telepathy and he always knows what's, what's going in my mind. So, you know, um, uh, I asked him to do something and he misinterpreted it. Right. And right 
at the end, of, it was before the end of a first set. He, we, we worked it out. So now we, I think we have an understanding what, what a signal of mine might mean. Sure. And, yeah. And again, of I, over the years, I've tried to, I've tried to standardize those signals and, you know, make them, you know, really predictable. So there's not as much guesswork, but, um, but there's that type of thing. So there's stuff that get, that happens right when a song ends. Yes. There's stuff that happens at a, after a set or maybe at, after a gig. Strom has an incredible memory and okay. he will blast an email of stuff. I have a decent memory. Nick has a decent memory. And these things will come back around in a rehearsal. Okay. Oh, yeah, we need, we need to polish that. So I guess the answer is it's kind of a group effort of talents taking time and openness to hear stuff into consideration. Yeah. Again, you, don't, you also don't want to like, yeah. you know – Emotions are high. You don't want to be like, dude, you messed me up on that. You know, there's there that there's definitely no fighting on stage is a great mantra. That's probably number one. No, no discord on stage. Never no tackle discord. the drummer. Right. Like, that's, yeah, that's a good rule to follow. That was that was entertainment, man. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> years and years worth of entertainment. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So, OK, so so you do have amongst the members of your band, you have the capability of remembering most of the important things without in having one way or another. in one way or another. Yeah. And I think that's an important um, skill for a band to have. And, and the reality is some bands simply don't have it right. It, it, you know, if you've got people that aren't mindful of that and, and able to recall after the fact, you're, the reality is you're not going to be on stage, like literally marking things down. Whereas like in a theater pit, I see that happen all the time uh, with yeah. music directors like notes. show notes, show notes, like in the in the middle of the, the show. I'll see the, the piano player, you know, who's most often the, the music director, grab his iPhone and, and like tap out a little note. And then he puts it down and we keep playing the show. Meanwhile, we've been playing the show, but it, he needs to make sure these things aren't forgotten. And, and so he takes care of it, which is fine. Um, but, uh, but, you know, for a rock band that there's, you know, you're you're typically a little more exposed than that. You yeah. can't do that. And if you can't remember it after the fact, then your band will suffer. I, I mean, it, you know, because you won't be able to iterate on that stuff and refine it in the way that you would actually want to if you could just remember it. So punch list of stuff, I think, is really yeah. valuable. Yeah, you know, punch that sometimes yeah. whole rehearsals can be just punch lists of things. Totally. Totally. And a good leader will kind of keep track of whether he's remembering in his mind at the time or, you know, whatever. Mm. You, you kind of know, right? That, you know, you reflect back on a gig. You kind of know. You t you ask everybody what happened on that song, and, and you know you can get lists. And yep. sometimes whole rehearsals of punch lists can be really, really useful. Really? I mean, whole rehearsals yeah. of vocals can be really useful. Whole rehearsals of punch lists can be really useful. Whole rehearsals of new material can be really useful. Yep. You know, we just don't have infinite time, so you got to kind of yeah, you, you got to manage those things effectively. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like we're you know twenty and all living together in a house and right. I that mean, would make it easy, right? It's well, it's 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 what does make it easy for bands at at you know at that level in their career where you can just like you know time is almost unlimited. You know, right. certainly compared well, to it's now, music twenty four seven. That's it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, so I did play and uh, I actually played an acoustic gig with Amanda. And this club we used to do, I think we used to do seven to 10 there on a Wednesday night. And, uh, and this time of year, people are out earlier. Right. So, um, so they moved it, which at, at, at our request, you know, they moved the, the gigs to five thirty to eight thirty or whatever it was, which is much better. There's people there. It's, it's the right time for the crowd. Everything works out great. And at about, I would say maybe eight o'clock, a group of people came in, you know, that, that were into it. 
And uh, Amanda asked me, she's like, you know, do you have anywhere you need to go? Like, is there a reason we can't just play? And uh, and I said, no, I don't have anywhere I need to go. And I figured, you know, that meant we, you know, we'd probably play till 845 or, you know, whatever. And uh, and we didn't stop until 930. And it was fine. People were into it. But there's, you know, there's two kind of things that as a performer on stage, I've I've learned over the years. And one of them is. Um, you want to leave them want, and they're, they're, they're complimentary concepts. One of them is you really do want to leave them wanting more. I mean, you don't want to make people feel like they got shortchanged, but you want to leave them wanting more. And at the same time, you also don't want to overstay your welcome somewhere mm. and burn people out on, you know, on you. And I felt like that was happening. Obviously it's not the kind of thing that you can have a conversation about in the midst of a, you know, in the midst of a gig, or at least not, not an in-depth conversation about but, um, I, you know, I understood why she wanted to do it, but I, in, at the time, and even in retrospect, I'm not convinced it was the right call. Um, and so that, you know, I, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. You know, yeah. if, if you've got people and, and the club is amenable to having, I mean, sometimes you can't go over either because of, you know, the club is closing or there's like a DJ happening after you, you know, I mean, there's, there's other circumstances but with this one it was sort of loose and so it went from being a three-hour gig to a you know four almost you know four and a half hour gig it's a lot of over it's a lot of over for for no with no real request of it having been you know there was was, yeah it was a one-sided decision at least explicitly maybe there was so there's a couple things so one is um a good band cover or original music yep will will think holistically about their show and the arc of their show mm-hmm. and this whole concept of of you know it peaking you know and ending strong but also managing time so you know let's just assume in general time is actually a hard stop in most in sure. most situations right that's right which is true I, you know a lot many, of clubs many want you out and you know right. that's everything so you know do you um consider your show over 15 minutes before and leave those final 15 minutes for, for encore type things. Yep. Do you just put the pedal to the metal and play until you're done, which is kind of what the house rockers do. We, we kind of yeah. go right up to the end and, yeah. and do that type of stuff. And hopefully, and then we get asked, you know, one more song, one more song. Uh, sometimes we will, sometimes we won't, depending on a few things, you know, how, right. how late it is, right. you know, how, now, now that said, some bands want that reputation of, of uh, you never know what's going to happen. So if, if you are a band that ha- plays in venues where you have that, you know, I guess that's like a fish thing, and right? Yeah. You never know. Is this going to be a all cover show? Is this going to show going to go five hours? Is right. this, what is going to happen? So some bands in some situations have have that vibe. But I would say for for most bands, thinking holistically about the arc of your show and the peak of your show. So say you end fifteen minutes later early, yeah, and. You know, nobody asks for for uh, an encore, but you're kind of contractually responsible to play <laughs> up in the yeah. line, right? Then what do you do? Yeah. Well, you kind of get your ass back on stage, and you know, you do what you're supposed to do, right? But um, your tail might be a little between your legs, yeah, at least you know, in your own mind. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and that happens sometimes. Sometimes you've worn the crowd out, and they're done. Yep. Sometimes, you know, the gig we had Saturday night. It's a nine to twelve gig. Yeah. And most nights, you know, we've been playing there for a lot of years. Most nights we go right to the wall uh, and, it, you know, half the time we'll do an encore. Yeah. Um, 
this gig, enough people for some reason started filtering out. So whether there was a big party that had somewhere else to go or something like that. Sure. But, you know, a measurable number of people about 10 minutes before we were done seemed to start, you know, getting their stuff together and, and do that type of stuff. So, you know, I felt it was not a night for an encore, that type of thing. So we ended and we ended. But I think the, the message, the answer to that is leave them wanting more. Of course you leave them wanting more. The question is, do you leave them wanting more? And can have you left yourself time to deliver more? Right. Right. So if you go right up, if you go right up to time and and some of this is reading the audience and reading the crowd, you know, you're going to get this about a half hour through. You know how the night's been going. You know, you've got your 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 killer ending of show stuff coming ahead and you can make some decisions about that. But I guess I guess optimal is to end 15, 10 minutes early. Knowing you're going to get an encore. I guess if you were to if you were to say, what is the best yeah, plan? Right, a, right. That's it. Yeah. And then, you know, crush it on your encore. Although I've seen bands that very interestingly, the peak is their last song. Yeah. And then and the they encore use the is, encore to actually mellow you out a little bit yeah. to send you home, you know, yeah. with really like beautiful music or thoughtful yeah. music or not necessarily your highest energy stuff. No, that's a that's a tack that works for many bands. It does. And we've like, you know, I've said we, when we're going to do that more often than not, my go to is day in the life. Right. Because it's exactly. it's a perfect kind of song for for that. But it but I always feel like we can't do that if we haven't. And, and this is a different conversation. But yeah, if we haven't earned it. Right. So you can't just like play a mediocre show and then uh, get artsy and then, and then get artsy on them and like, <laughs> oh, check out what we can do. Right. I mean, you got to you have to like have delivered and everybody's got to be like blown away. And then it's like it's the change up pitch. Right. Where they're like, oh. Well, that's cool, you know, and it's a little thoughtful. And like you said, it's beautiful music. And then and then everybody goes home and like, wow, that's like, yeah. And, and a, you know, the another song that, that can works, leave them wanting more, too. I it mean, can. it doesn't only have to be no. high energy, high octane stuff. A great song for that is a, like a sing along like Wonderwall. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's really kind of like, you know, volume wise, it's light energy, but everybody knows the words and you just kind of get everybody singing and then send them out the door. And that can be fun, you know, so uh, but yeah, just playing for the sake of continuing to play. Uh, it just sat wrong with me the other night. It's just like one of those like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. You know, it's I mean, it's a Wednesday night gig at a club in another town. I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's not going to change anybody's life. Right. But um, and it's all fine. And we were playing music. So there could there was <laughs> there were far you're worse asking, things. What? What was the point? What was the purpose? What was the purpose? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it it's like, yeah, I just, I, you know, it, and it, you know, that's just, that's just my thing is I just don't see it necessarily, you know? Um, yeah. Hey, I've got, a, I've got an interesting subject to raise with you. Okay. I was thinking about band meetings. Mm. Um, band meetings are interesting things. And I was thinking about the kind of personality roles that people play in a band. So, to start this conversation, you know, a band meeting is an interesting thing. And again, I have 10 guys, so I got a lot of guys. Mm. But, but uh, you know, in band meetings, there are some guys who don't like talking in a group. There are some guys who just by nature don't speak up and, you know, kind of share their opinion. Sure. And there's other guys who have no problem doing that. And then, you know, are those guys winning the day often on conversations because they happen to be the ones that are speaking up? Is right. everybody's needs getting met? Is somebody getting butt hurt because they didn't speak up and they're also not happy with the results of what happens in a meeting? Tell me about band meetings that you've had. What, you know, do you run them? Do, do you call them? Uh, do you call them with fling? Does fling meet just to talk? No instruments and hands at all. No, no. We, we have a pretty, 
um, active email trail that goes. We've talked about how it should be Slack, but it's not. <laughs> so we're just going to and, – and there have been many, you know, e-meetings about that particular subject. But um, but we, we're, we're all pretty comfortable with each other, so we can get into some stuff via email that – that I that I absolutely wouldn't ever recommend anyone get into via email, right? I mean, get you know, I would never do that, right? Yeah, exactly. But but we're we can do it, and and we're we all trust each other and respect each other enough that that like we can have pretty deep conversations that at least started via email, and then maybe it it finishes in the band room as we're like getting set up. But we all respect each other enough that 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 works. Absolutely a a unique thing as far as I'm concerned. It's just uh, so hard with with text messages, Slack or email. Yeah. You can't read the eyebrows. You, know, no. you can't read intent always. No, but you have to just know the people that you're dealing with. And and again, most of the time, what you're saying is absolutely true. You you should not even be attempting this via email. But but we do. And it 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 works, you know, especially like the you know, here's the mistakes here. Here's you know, here's this. Here's that. So. Um, so, no, we don't run official like let's sit down and talk through this face to face meetings, but we certainly have those conversations. Any band you ever been in, you know, had meetings? Yeah. Either, any of them have too many meetings um, like like talking stuff to death? No, I don't think so. I mean, if anything, Fling is the band that talks stuff to death, but it, but it happens asynchronously. So it's not, yeah. you know, it's not a, a huge time waster. Um no, I don't think so. In in Groove Syndicate, we had band meetings fairly regularly, but but they weren't. It didn't feel like a waste of time. It was, but it was you know it was that kind of stuff. Let's talk through it. It would always happen either right before or right after a rehearsal, though, yeah. uh, which made it more productive because oftentimes what we talk about in the meeting is all right. You you know here's these list of nitpicks. Now let's go. Okay, great. Now we're all on the same page. Great. Let's go play that song and make sure we, you know, we worked it out. Or, or last time I held a band meeting, it was because there was. Now, now remember, so there's band meetings when your band is a democracy. Yes, and then that's an interesting. Who's the guy who leads the meeting? Yep. And then there's band meetings when it's a leader, um, you know, who kind of has final calls. I, I've used this term, benevolent dictator. So you that's know, yeah, you know, and actually that could be a whole show because the deal about benevolent dictatorship is the reason I'm a benevolent dictator is because I want people's emotional buy-in to the project, right? Give them a bit of a voice. That's a slippery slope because the definition of where that, you know, as opposed to many groups, I'm the leader, I book it, show up and play smile or you're fired, you know? Right. And, and, you know, there, there is that model as well. Right. Yeah. And I'm trying so, to figure that out in this, this new band that I'm playing with Uptown Celebration. Um, I'm trying to figure out what the model is. I think it's the benevolent dictator model. That's actually the benevolent dictator model. Whereas yeah. fling, we, we've always said Russ is our benevolent leader. Uh, he's our, you know, it's at, like, that's the same term we've used for him, but, um, but it is far more of a democracy than, than, than like lots of other bands are. Um, so I don't know if I would take this tact again, if I was to do it, I mean, again, it's, it's part of your, like I've said many times, leadership is connected to the reality of your personality. So if all of a sudden I wanted to be, you know, a hard ass, um, could I carry through on that? I was going to say, could you, could you do it for more than three months straight? Yeah, that's the deal. And so, but you know, at the risk of going down a, a, a rat hole, sometimes the benevolent dictator, um, is not getting what he wants for the amount of work that he does in the leader role. So, sure. you know, but that's, that's on the leader 
to manage that. Right. Yep. So, it, well, it's on each person to to be comfortable voicing their concerns. Right. In in whatever the, the appropriate venue is. I mean, yes. like in this new band, if I had a, a concern about something, I wouldn't bring it to the entire band. At this point, I don't know the right. people well enough. I would bring it to Gary, who's the who appears to be the leader. Um, you know, it's pretty obvious he's the leader, in fact. And uh, and I would bring it to him. And then if he wanted to bring it up for discussion amongst everybody, certainly that, that's fine. But, uh, you know, if I were to just bring it up to everybody, that may be seen as an affront to, yeah, you, you know, and that, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all I'm about right. building credibility. But like yeah. I said, in, in yeah. band meetings, I, I it dawns on me. So the last band meeting. I called like no instruments, just sit down. Yep. Um, there was differences in the band, a little bit about material selection, a little bit about pace scale. Like what would, what should we go out for as a minimum? And what yep. are, what are, what are the constraints about that and how much everybody wanted to play? And so, um, you know, I held this, this meeting and, and, uh, you know, some guys, are just not comfortable. And then all of a sudden they'll blurt out something that's like overly emotionalized, not really what they mean to say, but they're so nervous about speaking that it comes out aggressive. That's, and it's, that's been bottled, it's been bottled up for too long. Yep. That's right. And then other guys are, you know, very comfortable pursuing their agendas and, you know, we'll do that. Other guys will say nothing. And, you know, and, uh, and it actually, it's pretty funny because, uh, in general, my horn guys, I think horn players are just understand sidemen mentality, right? In, intrinsically, that is what the life of a horn guy is. <laughs> in many you know, cases, yeah. In many, many cases, right? Yeah. And so they're like, the leader calls it, I play it. The leader tells me to show up. And, you know, if I, but but the flip side of that is horn guys also are like, well, I can turn down a gig. So as I've shared, right. you know, it's taken a while and some compromise in order to get the glue right where the horn guys understand they are in a band. They're not a side man. Right. Right. Uh, right. And so, so, you know, they're, they're, and I, they're always, all these- I use you as an example, as the exception that proves the rule to be perfectly honest. I mean, how's that? Well, I mean, you have a, you know, you have a five piece horn section, but really what you have is a 10 piece band. And yeah. yes, I know your horn guys sub obviously far more often than anyone else on the stage. But, but far less often than they used to. Far less often than any horn players in any other band right. that, that I know of. So, yeah, so I, that's why I use you, you guys as the sort of the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. 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 So if I was to say, let's go back to Groove Syndicate. What was your role in those meetings? Were you the voice of reason? Were you were you the peacemaker? Were you the, you know, the shit disturber? I yeah. mean, what, what was your role? I was the asshole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no yeah, way. I was, that's why I'm not playing in that band anymore. Um, no, it, it, um, the, uh, initially I was, you know, Mr. Positivity and, and like, let's do this, let's do this. And then the, the, the way the band was sort the direction the band was going in didn't make any sense to me. And, uh, and so that's what, you know, that's what turned me into an asshole. Um, was like, we're going to talk about this. Like, we're not just going to, no, I'm not just going to buy in to, to, to this thing because you say it's so, and yes, I get that, you know, there's a leadership structure here, but, but none of us are doing this for the money. Right. I mean, we, we made decent money, but it's like, you know, we're doing this cause we like it. And what you just talked about, I don't like, so maybe I shouldn't be a part of that, you know, and that, so but you were already down to the end of this discussion. You're all, maybe I shouldn't be a part of it. You weren't you were staking out your personal claim 
of buy in, buy not, not how to move the band through a through a difficult. Well, task. I mean, I'm sure there was a there was a middle ground there as I tried to steer, and it was like, no, okay, yeah, but, it, so but you, I, you went past that. We were past that, but I I there are things I, like I seem like I have all of my ideas freshly available and can can you know detail them out very very clearly. That's true once I know about those ideas, but, but there are things that sort of percolate for me, like any of us. Right. And so the percolation that, that process, that transition from I'm happy here to wait, this isn't a good direction. It needs to change. Okay. It's not changing. I don't need to be here anymore. Like that last part of it happens very, very quickly for me because it's, it's, it's sort of been percolating and and cogitating. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. I don't like this. Let's talk about it. Uh, you don't want to talk about it. Okay, great. Uh, I'm out. That's fine. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like this just isn't going to work. And I yeah. I don't need to hold you guys back. I, I tend to be very efficient about that sort of thing. Like, okay. So that, that's kind of that bottom line. You know, I, yeah. you're describing you're describing when people are down to their bottom lines. Like we, we've reached a, a topic of conversation where yep. now it's in or out. You know, it's not about problem solving to incrementally move the ship forward. Well, it, yeah, it starts there, but, but I don't have a whole lot of patience for that, it, you know, it, because it, because it's, and invariably I am not, I prove myself right about this to myself. I don't really care what I prove to other people, but uh, I'm, I'm all about efficiency, right? Yeah. And if something's not working or something's frustrating, especially with regards to music, but it happens in business too. And all of that, uh, I just don't want to like gum anything up for myself or for anybody else. But I'll be the first to admit that Dave is at the top of that list. Like, I don't want to gum stuff up for Dave. Um, but usually if things are gummed up for Dave, they're gummed up for everybody for similar reasons. You know, so yeah. I'm very, very quick once I've like once that that cogitation process happens and that cogitation process can take a long time for me. It can I can be happy and actually believe that I'm happy and then suddenly realize, uh, wait a minute, this sucks. And and so then it's OK, let's talk about it. And I'll be a nice guy about it, you know, but I may come off strong because I now have all these ideas, right, that are just flowing out. And uh, and if it doesn't work and it doesn't look like everybody else is like, oh, yeah, actually, that's a good idea. And sometimes that happens. It's like, OK, great. You know, let's let's fix it. Let's figure out what the middle ground is. It doesn't always have to be Dave's way or the highway. But if it's you know, if it's that way and my way is is this way, then it's like, hey, you know what? Then this isn't working. And that's okay. Yeah. All right. So to pull all this together, yeah. the, the message is if your band gets together to talk about things, be, be conscious about who you are in this mix of personalities. Yeah. Um, yes. you know, it's good to know that you're the it, well, I mean, you, you, you should reflect yeah. on this. Well, yeah. or, or if you're not talking and not getting what you want. Mm-hmm. And if you're a leader, you know, what is your ability to include everybody in the conversation? Because it is a band and, you know, you do want, you know, if not, if not universal buy-in, tacit understanding that everybody was heard yes and then we go with the majority or that the that the leader is going to say i'm going to take all input and then i'm going to make a decision and then we're going to move on you know there is an art to, to meetings of of you know of families of businesses of bands there is a, you know these are things right have, so, you, have you, know, you ever have you ever heard of the talking stick concept no oh okay so the idea is and and it, it i I've, I've never used it in a band but i feel like a band might be the absolute best place to do it where there is is one it doesn't need to be a stick but, but you know there's a long story about about how that started but it can be any object but it it really is good to have it be a physical object and whoever holds the object is the only one that speaks 
And if someone else wants to speak, they, you know, get the object from the person, the talking stick from the person who's speaking, and then they have it, and then they speak, and everybody pays attention to that person. Nobody's dicking around on their phones or whatever. How civilized. It's very civilized, but it, it, even if, but the nice part is no one has, I mean, if somebody's really going over and, and, you know, filibustering, you might, you know, coax the stick from them. But in, in a general sense, no one feels obligated to speak for a very long time or a very short time. You just say what's on your mind and then you can pass the stick along. So if, you know, and I use your horn players just as the example, but if they don't have a whole lot to say, they can say, hey, I don't have a whole lot to say. But that alone gave them the power to say whatever it was, even if it was, I have nothing, I'm, I'm good, you know, and pass the stick along. It's a very active process as opposed to someone sitting there not saying anything. And you as the leader, you don't know, are, you know, is there something percolating are they just not talking because I've got, you know, four other personalities that are massively strong that are just going to railroad all over them. So, you know, steamroller all over them. Yeah. Just, so to sum it up, you know, band meetings should be constructive things. They are yeah. often very unsatisfying things if if uh, if people are not uh, conscious of what their contribution or lack of contribution is. And a leader of the meeting, if not the leader of the band, uh, if someone's not facilitating this. Yeah, and so, so you need a facilitation and the talking stick is just one method of facilitating that meeting. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and just to answer my own question, I think in, in my meetings, I always start out trying to be <laughs> the benevolent facilitator, mm -hmm. reminding people that I am still the, the final call on things. And I have to be extremely cautious when I get frustrated when the turn of a conversation. So, for example, if someone derails my conversation <laughs> and, is, and is selling an agenda that, you know, I don't think is good for the whole band um, to kind of calmly bring it back. That is a personal skill that I have to be very aware of and work on all the time in order to keep things constructive, because that's, you know, that's that's the thankless job of the band yes. leader. Right. You know, you're not going to get 100 percent love 100 percent of the time. Nope. That is just the way it is. And, and the sooner you can accept that and embrace that. The tendency among band leaders is to be like, can't you guys see how hard I'm putting you guys to work? I'm booking the gigs. I'm doing the website. I'm, you no, know, you don't, you you're not allowed to you're not allowed to have that rant to your band. Exactly. As a band leader. It's exactly. it's totally valid in your mind. Get together with, with other band leaders. <laughs> exactly. Right. But it's totally valid. In fact, you could. Yeah. But you cannot. If you pull that card with your band. You've no. lost credibility. You've well, weakened your position. You've weakened, but know that you've now played the last straw. It might yeah. work to your advantage, but it also might be the end of your band or your company or whatever group it is that you're yeah. playing that card for. Because now you're saying, poor me. And everybody else has felt, poor me. What about you? Screw you. You run this thing. Yeah. You have to accept that as a leader. Th you that do. is the thankless part of the job. You, yep. This is what you actually have signed up for by taking that role as a leader of a band, yep. putting a band together, you know, saying I will be the accountable one is that you don't get 100 percent of love, 100 percent of the time. Deal with it. Understand it. Get your empathy elsewhere. And um, <laughs> yep. and get oh, your I, empathy elsewhere. I like Absolutely. it. There you go. <laughs> totally. Anyway, so band meetings, you know, I think that they're important things. It's good for bands kind of talk about. Because it is all of your business. People are invested with their time and with their talents. It's good to touch base with people. They should be effective things. And the path to being effective is to you know be fairly organized, know what you're going to talk about, don't leave yeah. things open-ended, and everybody understand your role, what you bring to those meetings. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to bring you don't you don't have to bring something if you don't have something to bring. Just bring yourself and, and be there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like it. I like it. All right, folks. Well, that's that's another gig gab for you. 
Find us on uh, Facebook, giggabpodcast.com slash Facebook. Also, feedback at giggabpodcast.com. We actually have quite a few emails that we've gotten. You've heard from us individually, but we haven't talked about it on the show, so we'll do that. What do we say, Paul? Always be performing. Ha, <laughs> ha.